The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same-game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. If you don't know, today is Wednesday. Kentucky Derby is on Saturday. Today is one of the most critically important days in the run-up to the Kentucky Derby. Simon Hunter, my BFF, my companion, my compadre. Do you know what is so special about today? I don't, but I love talking ponies. So I'm excited to hear just whatever you guys are about to talk about with Kentucky Derby. I am going to ask our guest, Andy B. and Cone, Action Network analyst, TVG analyst. She knows more about horse racing than you and I will know about anything in our entire lives. Andy, how are you? I'm good. Let's not get crazy now. I'm just... <laughs> you know, out there shoveling poop at the end of the day. That's my, that's my main thing. So. Well, explain that to people. Cause like, you know, th there are going to be people who know you from what you do on TVG. There are certainly going to be people who follow the podcast and follow your stuff on action. Like explain to people your background, what you actually do day to day and how you got into it. My dad is a third generation horse trainer from France and me being his child, I got roped in at a young age. You know, I've been riding horses since I was seven. I started working for him and galloping racehorses maybe four years ago. And I've been his assistant ever since. Um, I went to University of Florida, but that didn't last very long because I got just, you know, the racetrack is just, <laughs> the racetrack is my home. And I recently started working as a reporter for TVG and helping them handicap. And my job for them really is to, look at horses they want kind of like a horseman's eye brought to the handicapper side so that's kind of what i do for them that's fascinating to me because thinking about what a trainer's life is and thinking about working at the track and being in the in the paddocks and all that kind of stuff it seems the way they portray it in the movies and in books to be incredibly romantic like it's <laughs> lovely and you're working with animals and you've got a sixth sense for communicating and you're magical in the way that you can intuit what other beings and other entities need. 
Walk me back. Is it not romantic? What is you it know, really like? I'm not going to lie. I do have quite a few Seabiscuit moments every now and then, but I am a very romantic person. Um, so I do like to see, you know, those moments like, I don't know, when I breezed Diamond Wow on the grass before she ran in the jest. I mean, I literally almost started crying and I was like, this is, this is a Seabiscuit moment. You know what I mean? But you know, the day to day, it's not an easy job. We get up, we're there every day, Christmas, New Year's, four o'clock in the morning, cleaning stalls, you're, everyone helps out, you know, like as an assistant, I got to help my grooms out as much as I can. You know, we, we work as a team and, you know, getting on horses who aren't always the most cooperative, you know, they have each horse is an individual, they have personalities, they're, they're stars, you know, they're athletes and they know that it's all about them. And, you know, sometimes they just want to drag you around the track like a ragdoll at four o'clock in the morning when it's 30 degrees at Keeneland and you can't feel your hands and they're burning a hole in your legs and, you know, but it's all that hard work that makes the moments when they win so special that makes you ugly cry and just have those sea biscuit moments. Listen, <laughs> I know what it's like to have to carry petulant talent that just think <laughs> they are everything. I'm looking at Simon on the Zoom right now. There you, Chad. I was going to say, I thought she was going to say, once you get over the smell, it's a pretty good gig. Because I've been to a couple horse stables, and you have to get adjusted. Once you do, it's not bad. But that first waft, when they open up that barn door into the horse stable, oh, my God. It, it really does hit you in the face. See, I just feel like I don't even, I don't even notice that anymore. I'm like, I think <laughs> I just smell like that all the time now. Like, that's just a part of that's like a personality trait at this point is just horse poop it's just <laughs> oh that's good to keep keeping guys away they go to the bar covered in horse poop i mean that's a good way to deter the guys away isn't it perfect it's the best <laughs> uh andy i i opened the show by saying that today is a very critically important day in the run-up to the kentucky derby uh it's known around the land as whisper wednesday whisper wednesday uh, and generally what that means is that uh, on Wednesday, sort of after the horses have been in Louisville and running the track for a few days, the handicappers and the trainers, they all start to get a real sense of what, who's got a good shot, who's running well. Uh, they start lining up sort of what the circumstances on the track might be with the qualities and traits of the horses that are uh, going to be running in the race. So as Whisper Wednesday ends, what are you hearing about the horses that are performing well, that have been performing well uh, as we head into the race? I've heard nothing but good things about all the contenders. I know Crown Pride, the Japanese horse, had an incredible work today, worked a half in 46, which was, I mean, looking at this horse's form, he just doesn't seem like he's fast enough if that makes sense, like his, his times, he's just not as quick as these other horses. But when he won in Maidan, that track was extremely slow, extremely sandy. And he was able to power through that. And Japan has been on absolute fire this year. So that's just something we have to consider, right? Um, horse looks incredible and seems to be taking to the track. Well, obviously we're going to have sloppy conditions on Derby day, I think. So that is going to be, I mean, as usual, right. But that's going to be a huge factor in terms of numbering these horses down to who's serious and who's not who else have you heard about sort of as the week has been going on i mean it seems like those pletcher horses are all doing well i mean i'm excited to see how charge it 
has developed because I remember when he debuted at Gulfstream and I saw him in the paddock. I said, this is Todd's Derby horse, 100% out of Ironworks, Emmanuel. This is, this one is the Derby horse. And then of course he got beat by Volcanic, but he had like a horrible trip, like Volcanic just kind of pressed on him the whole way. He never got a chance. Then he came back in, I think, what did he, came back in one impressively by eight and a half. And then when he ran in the Florida Derby, I feel like, I just feel like this horse tries so hard. And in the stretch, people were saying he was green, but I think he just got a bit tired. You know, it's really difficult to break your maiden and take that step in going to the Florida Derby and he still showed up. So I think he's at 20 to one, a very serious horse. If I tap it, you know, he should have that, should take to that sloppy track really well. You know, you mentioned, uh, form and we talked a little bit about you know is it going to be muddy on saturday or what is the weather going to be forget about sort of the training on monday tuesday wednesday at the derby what are you looking for when you're trying to handicap horses in the derby in the lead up in the months leading up to the race you know just so many factors go into it right i mean this particular derby is going to be very speedy. We have a really talented, strong group of front running horses. There's so many of them. It could set up really well for a horse to close. Um, obviously epicenter has been a horse that has, I mean, I've, it's crazy because I've never actually seen epicenter in real, in real life, but every time I've watched race replays of him, he just stands out. Like, it's like, if all the horses were words on a page, epicenter would be like bold like he just looked physically outstanding even on you know my phone like on tv so <clears throat> I've always thought that was a very serious horse but then going into this race there's going to be a lot of speed going to the front Zozo's I know is probably just going to try to attack him and you've got classic causeway you have a lot of speed so if epicenter doesn't relax like if he can't settle and it's especially more difficult for horses to settle on a sloppy track because they're they're hearing the clacking, the clacking, and sometimes horses just get like freaked out by that and they don't breathe. You know, what you want these horses, horses who are front runners, it's best if they can get to the front, get a lead and just like relax and chill up there. But if they have horses constantly in contention with them up front, it's like they run their race too early, if that makes sense. So, you know, a lot of what I look for is how these races can set up and what advantages some of these horses will have over the others based on their previous form and also trends of improvement I love to look for trends of improvement a horse like simplification for example it's a really nice horse and I remember he from when he ran in the, the holy bowl to the fountain of youth he physically developed so much like that is such a good thing I haven't seen him recently so I don't know how he's doing in person right now but that horse is just a little bit inconsistent in his numbers for me you see he in his numbers he'll run higher ones like he ran a 91 after the holy bull and then 96 in the fountain of youth and then 92 in the florida derby that's not really i don't like to see that as much as i like to see a horse like zandon who is like consistently running a higher number slowly every time he's running a little bit points higher i think that's something to look at another horse who's like that is cyberknife I don't know if he's, you know, Arkansas has been extremely weak this year. Like horses who've been running at Oakland, they come to Keeneland and they've just not been running. Like turfway form has been stronger 
particularly at Keeneland, than Oaklawn form. So I just kind of, it goes to show that Oaklawn has been very weak this year. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, that horse has been consistently improving. So that's very interesting to see going into this race. So there's two things I want to follow up on, because I know Simon wants to ask uh, a question, but uh, you mentioned a couple of numbers there that one of the horses like 92, 95, 96, explain to people what that means. Cause a lot of people who are listening to this won't really understand sort of how you look at numbers and what some of those numbers mean when you're judging a horse. Okay. So there's, I mean, numbers don't mean everything, but they're definitely a good basis. Basically after a horse runs, they get a rating on their performance based on the conditions, the type of trip they had, you know, the, how they performed and they get a grade, like a number grade based on the performance for buyers, which are on the racing form, the higher number, the better. But then there are some other things like um, ragazine sheets, thoroughgraph, like those you look for lower numbers, but the racing form uses buyers. So that's kind of what we go off here and, you know, higher buyers are better. And it's kind of, it's interesting to see a trend, like trends in buyers are very interesting. You want to see, like I said, improvement is great. Um, sometimes if they run similar numbers in a row, they'll like run a next best number. And then sometimes they'll bounce. Like if a horse has just been running like consistently high buyers, like sometimes they'll just bounce. Like if like they will regress suddenly because they've had so many good races in a row type of deal. The biggest horse race of the year is quickly approaching and you can bet the Derby risk-free up to $200 with TVG. That's right. New TVG players can get started with a risk-free bet up to $200 on your first single horse win wager. That means you'll get up to $200 back if your horse doesn't win. The TVG app gives you all the tools you need to bet the Derby. You'll get access to free picks, analysis, and wagering advice from industry experts. Personally, I'll be betting Epicenter to win. The Derby is coming up this Saturday, so don't miss out. Just sign up with promo code VOLUME for your chance to bet risk-free up to $200 exclusively on TVG.com and the Watch TVG app. Remember to use promo code VOLUME to sign up. Age and residency restrictions apply. New users only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Visit TVG.com for offer terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The second question I want to ask you is, thinking about sort of post positions, do you look at certain post positions as being the most advantageous, specifically when it comes to the Kentucky Derby? Absolutely. Um, I would hate to be on the far outside. I feel a bit... It's a bit unfortunate for horses like White Abario, Cyberknife, Classic Causeway, all those. It's much more difficult because you think about it, to get over to the rail, that's already, you have to exert yourself a lot. But then again, being on the inside isn't particularly advantageous either because you have the pressure of a 19 horse field, for example, being in that one hole, that horse is going to feel crowded. Like imagine sitting on the window seat of a plane, but having like 19 people next to you. You know, it's a little bit claustrophobic. I was a little bit disappointed to see Mo Donegal drawing the one hole. I was like, dang, that's such, that's disappointing. However, 
Modonical has drawn one multiple times. He's drawn one in the in the Wood Memorial. He drew one in the Remsen, and he's won both of those. So if any horse can handle that one hole, it's probably him. But that is also, you know, a tough spot to be in. Um, best place to be in a big field like this. I mean, probably, you know, Charge It is in a great position. Zandon, excellent position. Even the 12, Taiba is in a good position. Um, Epicenter being a speed horse, I think three hole could be advantageous for him because he doesn't, instead of needing to, break and make a big move he can just kind of break and send and kind of just get where he needs to be um yeah that's great yeah uh chad knows i love drama i love drama not my personal life but in sports i absolutely love it and when we talk horse racing i just keep thinking about bob bob uh, baffert where i know that though like I, i'm assuming the horse racing world open welcome him back with open arms but he's definitely tarnished. Like I'm, I'm again, I'm a follower of racing where I follow the big events. When I thought of him, I thought of like, he's, he's the top. He was like the Michael Jordan. I felt like of racing now, how, how is he viewed in the racing world? And especially is he, is it that a lot of people still talking about it? I mean, a year later, are people still bringing it up now at racing events? Absolutely. It's a very big deal. You know, a lot of, we uphold this sport with a lot of integrity and it's important for each of us to do our part as trainers, as assistants to uphold that integrity. And I don't know, um, you know, if his actions were just more repercussion of negligence, you know, like I feel like he maybe just wasn't cautious because there's rules. Okay. There's medication rules in racing. Um, what he got caught for betamethasone, that's a perfectly legal substance that, you know, we use when we, inject joints which is like getting an oil change the horses need an oil change in their joints even like hunter jumpers and stuff like that horse sport horses um they need that extra little help sometimes to help them you know perform better more comfortably to just help them um and it's perfectly legal but not 14 days in within a 14 day period of running um because within that 14 days that could be like performance enhancing as opposed to just helping them aiding them in training, you know what I mean? So he kind of obviously went within those parameters in some way, whether he knew it or not. And that's like a, you know, he definitely needs to be held accountable for that. You know, you have to, it's your job as a trainer to pay attention. So if you're negligent in this sport, like you, unfortunately, because you're the representative of that horse, of that barn, and you have to be held accountable. So you've got posts on uh, Action Network in the app, actionnetwork.com. Rundown as we're sitting here Wednesday night, who your predictions are for the top three spots in the Kentucky Derby. If we are betting the Derby, who are we taking? So hard. I wish I could do a top four. Do a top four. Okay. All right. I'm going to go um, Zandon, Charge It, Epicenter, and Taiba. And how would you place them? I mean, I've been so high on Epicenter this whole time, but I just feel like it's too good to be true and that he's going to bounce. I feel like he's just a very consistent horse. You can't knock, I mean, any of these horses, you can't knock their consistency. I could see Charge It taking a piece of it. I could see Zandon winning the thing, honestly, because he's a deep closer. There's going to be a ton of speed. During the Keeneland meet, I actually did post-race interviews on a pony for TBG. 
And when I interviewed Flavian Pratt after winning, after Zandon won the bluegrass, Zandon tried to mount my pony. Like he was, and you'd think after winning the bluegrass, you know, he should be tired. Like horses after they run, they're, they're like tired. Zandon was like, oh, hey, cute. Oh, hey. I was like, <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So that's a really good sign because that shows that that race didn't take anything out of him. And he beat a very salty group. He galloped out incredible. It's like, I mean, Flavian could barely pull him up. He wanted to go another lap. And I think that is an extremely good sign. Zandon is uh, three to one right now. Epicenter seven to two. Uh, those are the two favorites, as far as I can see, as we stand Wednesday before the race. Obviously, because of the way horse betting works or betting on, you know, parametrical betting works, like these odds all change dramatically. And whoever, you know, Cyberknife right now is 20 to one. By Saturday, if more people start jumping on that particular horse, it could be going off five to one, four to one. So. Yeah. Just because you get the good odds now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. But I'm going to pressure you here. One horse who's going to win the Kentucky Derby. You gave me four. I felt like that was a nice way to transition into asking the harder question, which is give me the one. Pressure. No pressure. A lot of pressure. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. And if you get it wrong, they're all going to remember. Like gun to my head right now, right? Yes. I'll go with Zandon. Gun to my head. Zandon. Gun to your head. Zandon, currently three to one. Uh, going Gross. off as the favorite. Yeah. So, I, uh, doesn't it matter? Like, the best, the best pick is the best pick. Now I know what I'm going to bet. I love horizontal wagering. So I love exactas. I love picking horses underneath. You know, um, I think there's Zandon in the top spot and using another horse underneath. Even... <laughs> Tis the bomb is going to be an interesting horse. I know like on form, he's just really looks like a grass and to Pete poly track kind of horse, but fun fact, I think like 70% of Kentucky Derby winners or something have turf pedigree. And if a turf horse is going to take to any dirt surface, it's the Churchill downs dirt surface, especially sloppy, especially, I mean, on Derby day, they make it wicked fast anyways, but in slop, it doesn't really matter. And he's one in the slop. He broke his maiden in the slot by four and a half lengths. So I like that nine post position. He's a little bit of a, I don't know if, I mean, mentally, I saw him when he won the bourbon and he like broke through the gates prematurely and he was a big handful. So he's going to have to mature a lot mentally to handle the derby because the derby is a lot for these horses. You know, none of these horses have ever run in front of a crowd of 200,000 people and they feel that pressure and the slop. And it's a lot to ask, really. And only a true champion can handle everything thrown at them on that day, the trip. It's, it's a very serious race. And it's, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like those Seabiscuit moment vibes just thinking about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, that's a great way. Listen, the way you framed it, you can feel that even when you're watching, you know, from Connecticut or Philadelphia. 6.57 p.m. Eastern post time. It is truly dramatic. There's so much pageantry. It's so much fun. Andy B. and Cone, you can find her stuff on Action Network. You can find her on uh, TVG as an analyst. You can find her in the paddocks at 4 a.m. Every single day. Thank you for coming on 
the favorite podcast for Matt Mitchell, for Simon Hunter. I am Chad Millman. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download us from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you.